This is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from the megacity metropolis of Toronto. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 279. Sometimes the, the the other companies get the, the different companies get really shirty about like oh you can't have that character he looks a bit like Superman yeah so we're going to sue you to death and then we'll have him and then other things you go like that's clear. the Squadron Supreme are clearly a parody of the entire Justice League and they're gone it's it's fine you carry on no harm done like, what yeah <laughs> How right does that work it's so clearly the yeah it's almost the original. Injustice, if you will. Squadron Supreme. The original Injustice? Oh, oh, yes, I see what you mean. Where they kind of decide, like, listen, there's so much more we can do if we just crack down on this. We'll stop Uh wasting time. We'll stop putting you guys in danger. But this is the deal. And it gets to a point where, what the hell are you doing? Like, that's... And and I love the... I love the questions it makes you ask like my wife is right into the series now injustice because i started yeah. reading it and i said you gotta you gotta reread this or read i don't know if you've read it before i go you'll like it and she's reading it with so much anger oh oh such an idiot oh i can't i can't stand her like i just hear her <laughs> she makes me sick she's just you're not talking about your wife uh, my my <laughs> wife is saying this. <laughs> my wife is saying this as she's reading it and i just I said it's it's good, right? She goes, I'm getting upset. I don't like this book. And then she keeps reading it and goes and I slide volume two when she's done. She goes, Oh, that's where it is. Cause she's she can't stop now. But yeah, it's it's those uh when you read them and you see these characters who are always benevolent and what like they're always doing the right thing. Yeah. When you see them now, go too far like where's too far what is your responsibility when you have power because everyone has these conversations in real life right where it's like yeah that guy's this rich why isn't he paying for all of the damage and da 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 why isn't he take that country out of debt and it's like well is that what we want to have to start happening uh-huh. you know and with all that power should a person say well i i can do it because i i can so i'm going to and i should and I like when superhero stories, like comic book stories, make you say, like, why don't you just solve the problems? Like, well, a lot of people say it in real life, don't they? It's one of those things that people say in real life quite a lot. They're like, well, if there is a Thor, why doesn't he go and fix all war? You know? Yeah. Like, he'd have to do that. And then they do the storyline with it, and they basically go, this is why they shouldn't. Because they did that with, um, it was the hero's return series i don't want to spoil it for you because i know you were reading it did you read book two omnibus volume two no i did volume one okay i won't spoil it for you then they they basically play with that idea right in that and it explains it whether or not you could argue like okay doesn't have to go that way (laughs) no it doesn't have to go that way but yeah it's a very popular theme and it's one of those inevitable questions so they answer it and it's you know it's always there fun it is. to yeah. It's always There's fun your to see. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> it's always fun to see it and how they um, 
what side of things they make them look like like politically or the things that get them to repeat and it's it's just very interesting to break that apart in a way to see them hmm okay I, see, I like seeing the flash sort of question himself like you know he is superman and he is actually preventing way more damage than before yeah. these are stats but is this are we actually gods? Is that what we think we actually are? I love when they get to those that's the that's the point of these stories. That's what makes them yeah. good. The more How far through year though. I just read uh, year one. Oh it's just year one. Oh yes, because you said the other day. Yeah, that's all I've read so far. Yeah. Year one. Oh I'm having a little break with some pretty fluffy stuff. Yeah. And then I'm gonna jump back in. I, I went from that to just stay in the Justice League world. I started reading the uh New 52 Omnibus of the Justice League. I've read it before in various, like, um, I've, I think I've read Origin more than once. So this would be like my third time reading it. It's good. I've seen yeah. the movie, like the animated movie, and then, you know, the, the Zack I Snyder movie. That. I, did, I didn't like the animation style. Yeah, like it's it's trying to... Everyone's do, a bit pointy. Yeah, it's trying to do the um, Jim Lee style, right? It's so trying, what they were doing. Yeah, they're trying to pay homage to that kind of look. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It would have been better if it was just the Tim, uh, Tim Daly, not Tim Daly, no. Tim, Tim, Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim, thank you. Bruce Tim style. Like, that's what we all. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Tim, yeah. <laughs> Timber, Tim Bruce, yeah. Um, so it, it's good. I'm at the Throne of Atlantis storyline now, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, that gets good then. That's, that's a really good point. I think that's when it kind of tips into, oh, I like where this is going. I think it, it gets better around there. And then when Jim Lee leaves, so I don't think it's necessarily Jim Lee leaving, but I think it gets better when he leaves. I've been, I mean, we, I've talked about this and people have pointed it out ad nauseum, like Jim Lee is Jim Lee, right? But I don't think he's the best storyteller. He's, no. I, I prefer his splash page and his covers, like those in itself are like, ah, I want to read this. This looks like it's going to be exciting. You know, that's the feeling he gives you. But the storytelling, it, he's not the best. Definitely not. No. It's funny because there are a lot of people actually as well at the moment that have jumped almost primarily to just covers like that, you know? <clears throat> but some of them I think is a real shame. Arthur Adams doesn't do any interiors anymore. That's a real shame because I, like I like his storytelling. I think he's really good. Um, oh, I have another one that was, oh, Mark Brooks doesn't do it anymore. Mm. He just does covers. It's all like, which part of the reason is because they can sell the art. Yeah, yeah. It's very. It's which a good. Yeah, yeah. But it's a shame. I I'm more and more becoming um like, I don't know how to say the name properly, but Ivan Race. Like he's becoming more and more one of my favorites. Yeah, he's great. He like, is he's, just. He's really good. He get yeah. He just. Especially, I don't know if it's he really found his way in the DC universe, but when he draws them, the Justice League, or any of them, it's just perfect. It's got this combination of like a Neil Adams, George Perez sort of mm. feel to it, where all the things you like about one and the other, he kind of combines it. He could put a lot on the page and make it just like, wow, what detail. But it's got like this movement in the, in the body yeah. language. You know? It, yeah, yeah. His stuff is 
His stuff is good. I think he's one of those people who I would pick up something because he's done it. Yeah. I can't really think of anything that and, – and even the stuff that maybe I wouldn't like, I'll keep it just because – you know what? He drew it. I want to look at it. Yeah. I'll tolerate I it. Don't, I don't – the same with Paul. Do you, do you know Paul Pelletier? I think I mentioned yeah. him last week. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're very good. They're the two artists who I feel if they have to fill in for the other, it's a good yeah. transition. It right? is. I think – yeah, because they both did Aquaman, didn't they? Yeah. They were both on – yeah. During the Jeff Johns run. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. But I picked up Cyborg, the Paul Pelletier, just because it was him on the art, but it was just a really boring series. Yeah. The and Rebirth just, one? Oh, no, was it Rebirth? Um, yes, I think. I think, yeah. I I'm, don't know why. It hasn't ever st- stuck for me, Cyborg. Like, it's just... Even when they put him in the Justice League, I was kind of like, eh. I'd rather Martian Manhunter. Like, I don't know if that tips the scales too much power-wise or what. I get that they want to uh, maybe diversify the group, have a different type of um, power power character. Yeah, power set character mm-hmm. who can tap into the computer if someone's going to be at the watchtower calling the shots. It really should be Batman, but... If they want something yeah. that plugs into the internet, I get it. It's cool, but it just doesn't just, stick for me. Just like buy it, a modem. Yeah, it's, fine. <laughs> it's just, just get dial up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they used him interestingly enough, where like he's connected to a mother box and stuff like that. That's kind of cool. How they integrated yeah. that into him. Things I must admit, I don't know much about him pre. Um, New Fifty Two, so I've never never read anything. So the only thing I really know about him that isn't in as a Justice League character is in Teen Titans Go. Ah, okay. Which probably isn't a fair assumption. But all I think of when I think of Cyborg is him putting that tape in his chest and playing The Night Begins to Shine. I I love that. I love that character. So I think like when, when you compare that to the very broody Cyborg who's in Justice League, you're kind of going, get the tape out, mate. Yeah. Get the tape out. Cheer yourself up. Who who would be his analog in Marvel? Because there's always like, you know, Namor and Aquaman clearly are analogs of each other. Deathlock. Yeah. Okay. Deathlock could be because they're both cyborgs. They both got that single eye thing. There's very very similar appearances. Yeah, that's true. I was going. Yeah, I was way off because I'm thinking of like how they would serve the team, and I was like, is he like the Vision? of the team but no because vision is more like red tornado like that android i guess but if you think like what they how they serve the team like yeah yeah it seems like cyborg's mostly just plugged in doing monitor duty which is what vision does yeah that's what i'm that's what (laughs) i was thinking you're on monitor duty (laughs) ah shit get an admin i would love to be monitor duty guy no problem (laughs) what are your powers um I know how to adjust the chairs to make them hey. suitable for you know ergonomically pleasing. There's so much That's Batman great. would not have been able to do without uh, Oracle. So hey, sometimes you need a good person on the monitor. That's, but yeah, see, it makes more sense when Oracle's doing that stuff. She was great because like she was she's yeah in terms of what she can do and she's all connected to people and she figures stuff out. 
that makes much more sense. Instead, they're going like, so the vision, you're one of the... <laughs> I mean, like, Cyborg, it seemed like Cyborg was a bit of a waste. Like, so you can do all this stuff and you're sat there monitoring stuff or everything. That's a bit of a waste. And that's why I always thought that was a bit of a waste with Vision, you see, because he, he is kind of incredibly strong, technically, because he's unbreakable. And he can phase through shit and all that, you know. But... It, what, what are you doing this afternoon? I'm going to be on monitor duty. Do you want to get out there, mate? There's probably something going on. You look at Spider-Man. Look at Spider-Man, mate. You're in one title a month. He's in like six. And you're sat here watching telly, basically. Get off your ass. <laughs> monitor good. duty, you lazy bastard. Yeah. But you need somebody there. You need somebody there. <laughs> there must be another way of doing it. I you guess. can... You can just program shit into a news monitor thing and if it flags up keywords it'll do it for you the visions go no 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 it's not it's too expensive it's not we haven't got the budget um <laughs> i'll do i'll just do it let me just do it there's a big fight on it i'm on monitor duty i, d- I don't want to get scratched up i've got a date with my hot wife <laughs> that's a, that's the weird thing that's always been a weird I, like i mean nowadays it's you know completely normal but reading it in the six like yeah this is weird this is, is kind of this is strange i mean he's still an android um okay i mean i guess if if the scarlet witch wants to do this but you end up rooting for them right in some yeah. way yeah it's, it's weird when you kind of look back and i mean it's yeah like you say it's weird now but it must have been really weird then it's a really good example of of you know, testing that uh, sociological side of things. And, and then you have all these people being really irate and, you know, protesting outside the Avengers mansion. You're going, leave them alone, man. It's, they're fine. She's banging a robot. It's, it's fine. Yeah. But when... It's probably, but, <laughs> if you tape it, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, when she got with Wonder Man in the Busick era... I was like, ah, poor Vision. But this makes more sense. Like, she actually really is in love with this guy. Sorry, Viz. Yeah. I I, I started reading Avengers West Coast. or West. It was just when it became Avengers West Coast from West Coast Avengers. When Vision Quest was happening. Oh, yeah. So there's that whole... It's a really weird set of issues because there's no villain per se... Um, it's just a lot of emotional turmoil and there's a whole thing where he kind of confesses to wonder and she rejects him and just she waves her hand away she makes the side of a mountain uh, the cliff edge fall on him and it's like this is like melodrama this is crazy stuff you know but you, I did really want them to get together and then and then it happened in the late 90s run and I kind of thought like oh. <laughs> There was that weird moment. There was that weird moment in the John Byrne run with the darker than Scarlet, where she. Yes. That was like. (laughs) He's he's one of those people that he swears blind that wasn't what was going on. Yeah, right. Give me a break. I mean, (laughs) anybody who's anybody who has thought about that, like when you're old enough to know what that is, (coughs) and we're talking about a BJ people, whoever's listening. Evil BJ. Yeah, very. It, it didn't even look like he enjoyed it. It was weird. <laughs> and, and and what's 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 crazy is we're talking about this like you see it. You don't, but you know that's what it is. 
When I saw it as a kid, I thought she was clawing at his bits. Mm. Which is like, is that worse? I don't know. It's all bad. Yeah. <laughs> but there's something, she's doing something. I don't know there. how they, I don't know how they, like with all the things that they edit, like what was it, how were they able to explain that? That's that's what interests me. Like how did you explain that and how did your editor say, yeah, we'll let that go? I don't know. Some of it I think is done on trust. There was a, there was a thing ages and ages ago, right? Where someone wrote into Wizard and they said, I, I hear Alex Ross drew a sex scene in the background of Kingdom Come. And they said, Alex Ross is a professional. Yeah, it was, we contacted DC and this person said this. Alex Ross is a professional. He would never do anything like that. It's mainstream work. He wouldn't do anything like that. So no, there is no sex scene in Kingdom Come. And then they went, and we spoke to Alex Ross and he went, yeah, if you turn to page... <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember the page number. Uh, I can't. No, I can't. Um, but yeah, he said it's there. It's in the background of a club scene to the Mashagan. There you go. So stuff they do do stuff, and then they kind of go no. Yeah, it's all fine. I mean, you expect them not to be there's, like these are artists, professionals. But, yeah, I mean, I would. I wouldn't expect an, anything less from a professional but to find a, a clever way to hide something. I think that's the most professional thing, right? Like, you didn't yeah. just put it out there. You hit it because you're a pro, <laughs> and I can't find it because you're that good. No? It's funny because, like, John Byrne always seems so irate when people question these things, like, genuinely irate. Think like, are you annoyed because you've been rumbled? Or is, is this part of the, the facade that you're creating because he did the same with there's an issue of Fantastic Four it's like one of the best issues of his Fantastic Four run um, which is the one that focuses on Doom training you know taking Christophe Bernard under his wing and making him his ward and then kind of making him himself and I think it's what this scientist guy has created this machine that's going to take um, it's, it kind of emulate oh fuck this is so is this hard to explain or is it just me? There's a, the story way back when Doom took the Silver Surfer's powers during the Stan and Jack run. Um, and he's flying around with a surfboard and everything. He, he tries to do it again with Tyros during the Tyros, who was Terax the Tamer, during the burn run. Except the scientist guy is basically trying to kill Doom. So Doom convinces this guy, he, I think he chucks him in the machine and he sets it off. And the guy's going, no! And it sets him off and he stood there screaming. And there's this weird wang shadow. <laughs> and it, even as, as a kid, I went, that's a dick. That's, <laughs> that's a you dick. You can see it. <laughs> and, and he's going, and then, but no one seemed to talk about it ever. And I thought, like, I don't want to be the one to put my hand up. Because, you know that scientist, you can see is Willie. In, in that fantastic forage it just never got mentioned and then one I think it was only recently where someone went is this a dick <laughs> in this in this comic and they go we approached John Byrne this is categorically not a penis I'm a professional hey, come on it's a dick yeah we all know what like, he has it. all his clothes burned he's, he's literally flesh the flesh has been torn from him the clothes have gone there is Wang yeah. silhouette <laughs> I'm telling you, it's there. Go and look at the issue. Go and check out. Which issue is it? First? Oh, it's something like 274. Oh, so sec- second omnibus volume. 
I, I'd have to remind myself. I should know this stuff off the top of my head of Marvel. Come on, come on. Guy, come on my ass. Yeah, exactly. Poser. Fraud. <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see. No, I don't got it. It would be in the second volume. I wanted it to see is. some Wang. <laughs> 258. I think. Ooh, 258. I have it. Let's see. 258. Well, this, is, this is compelling podcasting. <laughs> Looking for Dick Shadow. Dick Shadow. That's the real name of <laughs> Fangfaced from the first Star Wars line. <laughs> That's a good villain name. <laughs> Dick or an, Shadow. Or an insult. You're nothing but a Private Dick Shadow. Private detective, Dick Shadow. Two, <laughs> 258. Was it 258? It's the one with the the Terry cover with Doom's hand. It's a great cover, by the way. Not this one. That's 259. Oh, I missed it. I did a little jump over to have a look at that lovely cover. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's all right. You're in the right spot. It's around there. Right there. Um, Yes. um, That's the way, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Come on. <laughs> hey, you gave I him mean, a good he's, one. He's he's a lucky guy. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> apart from the fact that he's obviously being killed by Dr. Doom. Yeah, it was, it's a waste of a wang. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it just? How do we, do we always go onto wangs or is it just sporadic? No, just sporadic. Oh, good. Yeah. Have we, you bought anything recently? Yes, I have. I had, uh, remember I was ta- telling you about the, um, Order is all being jumbled up. So yesterday I got a twofer. I got uh, Gotham Central arrived. Yes. Oh, nice. And uh, Fantastic Four Volume 2 from Hickman. The Burn one? Hickman. Oh, the Hickman one. That is great. That, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. a huge Hickman fan. But, oh, that run is, it is incredible. Is it, fan- it again. is it fantastic? It's better than fantastic. Okay. That's how good it is. It should have been called the better than Fantastic Four. Uh, what, what do they call it? The best comic magazine. What was always the, the title? World's the world's greatest, greatest comic. Magazine. Magazine. Yeah, that's it. So they yeah. that it does weird. Yeah. isn't it? Comic magazine. Right. Hello. <laughs> At least it's not graphic novel. <laughs> Why do you hate that term so much? Oh, it's just it's denial, isn't it? It's just people go, no, I don't read comics. I read graphic novels. Shut up. Uh, but you, you, I agree with you and I disagree with you only because some things are written to be collected in like a 12 issue volume nowadays right like people have a story that they want to tell and it is comic book art and storytelling but yeah. I feel that when it's being told in a certain way and collected in a certain way it kind of changes like for me March is in a comic book I still call it a comic because it's it's the medium is comics, but like I think that's the thing. I think some people kind of go, "No, Watchmen is a graphic novel because it's serious and well thought out." Um, <laughs> I didn't I didn't frown at that. Um, but it's like it's almost like if it's intellectually yeah, it's yeah, I, one I get thing. What... It's a graphic novel. Whereas if it's just characters running up, okay, well, where's Daredevil sitting? Then where's is that graphic? It's like it just becomes someone's opinion, and if it's just someone's opinion then where do you draw the line? Yeah, I think when it, for me in my head, when it's a collected story, I call it a graphic novel. So like Daredevil, uh-huh. um, Born Again, 
all collected, when I'm reading that story, I'm reading a graphic novel because this is this has got a whole plot. Like there's an arc. There's all these things within this story that if this was written in a prose novel, it would still be broken apart and studied, right? But I know it's pictures and it looks like – so in my head, I'm reading a graphic novel. Like it's a story with graphics involved. You're in denial. <laughs> hey, I collect <laughs> comics. I love comics. It's a comic book podcast. I got no problem. Oh, yeah. You do a comic book podcast. That's right. <laughs> when you're not talking about wangs on <laughs> – That's the other podcast. <laughs> That's the other podcast. <laughs> the Cave of Wangs. <laughs> uh, wangitude. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you would it's do in a cave, cave of, of longitude. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you would do in a cave of solitude, right? That <laughs> would only be fitting. Um, not the door brace. I wanted. Yeah, this is not what I thought we would talk about. I wanted to talk about <laughs> Superman, actually, because in our last chat that we had in our Omni discussion, you uh, we both mentioned that there aren't enough Superman collected omnibus, like for such a franchise character you would think yeah. there would be a little bit more to pick from but yeah i mean there is, is there is but he's kind you made a you made a point where you said he's kind of like the spider-man and I, I think on the opposite end on marvel he's more like iron man like why isn't there more iron man omnibus does yeah that, in terms of shortages yeah like what the heck what I think the thing with in terms of comparing him to Spider Man, I think in terms of like collected editions, there's the same level of shortage. I think, but yeah. his flagship, his flagship, yeah, that shouldn't true. be Iron Man. I mean, I think he was fairly close to cancellation a number of times because he's not. He's he's, he's never been that popular. You know? I, that, that's what I always thought. Like I know that he was a main team member of the Avengers. I understood that, but. In my head, when I thought of teams in the in the Marvel universe, it was always X Men that came first mm-hmm. for a long time. So yeah, he was down the list, Iron Man yeah. in my head. And when they it was when they made the the first movie based on him, I was like, they're doing something different, which is cool. Yeah, that's what I liked about it. But man, did they make him the flagship of the of like everything? Where yeah. Although they drastically changed his character, yeah. and I think that was the only thing you could do to make him likable, because he's just not. He's not a likable character. He's a dick. It's his whole thing. Yeah, you know. And it, well, you can still be a dick and likable. <laughs> we don't mm-hmm. want to go back into that territory. Hmm. <laughs> dangerous, dangerous thing to say. We um, like dicks. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> how's, how's this keep happening? Um, <laughs> But yeah, he's not. I mean, there are popular storylines like the the alcohol, the alcoholic storyline. Yeah, which is. I mean, I read it when I was quite young. Didn't really resonate with me. You know, I didn't drink a lot when I was eight. <laughs> I, I waited at least another two years. Um, then I had a problem, and I really relied on on those Iron Man books. Man, <laughs> they got me through it. Um, but and then then you kind of got Armor Wars. That's quite a big jump for like where are the classics what are the classic stories so one two one ish to one two eight alcohol <laughs> two 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 five up as like that's a big jump of yeah so, when I mean, you have the ironmonger story in there as well but people weren't talking about that very much yeah i don't you don't often story. hear of of um anything in between those times not really that and the only are, reason i think you do now is because 
because Ironmonger was in that film. It, it renewed interest. But for, like, I read that storyline when I was a kid with the Ironmonger. I loved it. And had Mark Bright's art on there, which I really liked as well at that point. Um, it suited the book. And it was great. It was an underdog story. And that's what Marvel's about. I think the problem is when he's not in that underdog state, he's just some rich guy. The stuff that makes him hard to relate to. The stuff in the 80s that I, I have read, I did like a lot. And I feel like the Leighton Michelinie second era should definitely get collected. But um, Yeah, it should. Okay, on the flip side, because we were talking about Superman, what, what would be... First of all, when did you... Because you said to me, I remember on our first conversation, you were talking about DC, and you're like, things like Superman, silly, Green Lantern. I'm not going to read anything like named Green Lantern. But what changed... For Superman for you because when I read your reviews on Superman you're never like through the roof like you're very honest like two stars <laughs> three stars <laughs> but then last week you said to me like if there's anything that they make of it I'll take it where's the yeah. soft spot come from actually after we spoke about it I was thinking I was the more I thought the less I could pinpoint it but I think it's stuff like when I was reading the X oh, no that's what it was it's not even a great, necessarily like an amazing era. And I was surprised that when they released Superman, The Exile, Omnibus. But while I was reading that, it was a little bit seeded by the burn run. But it's his whole breakdown, how he deals with, the, with what he did at the end of that run is in The Exile. Um, and it might not be the best handled stuff. I wouldn't even necessarily give it four stars it might be three there's some really bad stories in there as well but I like the idea and I think that's that's what it is I like the idea of Superman more than I like you know, you know in terms of pinpointing actual stories that I've gone that was an amazing Superman story the stuff that I have really liked I think has almost exclusively been alternate versions and I mean, like, he's got, a, it's odd as well, because, like, thinking about the support cut, one of the things I struggled with, with those issues in Exile, and especially after that, through Death of Superman, was, like, his support cast is a bit weird. Because, like, was that, what's he, not called Beppo? That's the monkey. What's, um... Bibbo. 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 Yeah. What's that guy? I he's like Popeye. Him. Yeah. Why? <laughs> He's he's actually based off of uh, Jerry Ordway created him, or he was something, right. and he was a guy that Jerry Ordway kind of knew when he was a kid because his mom used to I think work at a bar with a character like Bibbo who was like oh. him. so it was a homage to something from his childhood. Cause I think he grew up somewhere in Milwaukee. So when I I agree with you, he was kind of like this is a interesting character. When I even when I was a kid, he would always. Oh, Superman's my favorite. Like that's how you would talk, right? Yeah. But then when you, when I was listening to in the, my early days of listening to podcasts, just listening to them, there was one that was a Superman homepage. It was called, and right. they were doing from crisis to crisis this whole run of Superman. I, I, like all the stuff you're talking about, some of my favorite stuff. Uh-huh. Like I love it. I love Why? Exiles. Um. It's definitely nostalgia. It's the reason I love comic books. 
they were the comic books that my dad bought for me when we'd go and get milk. Right. And Superman, liking Superman is my earliest memory. Like if someone would say, what's the first thing you liked? Superman. That's the first thing I liked as a kid. And those comic books that were coming out, I was maybe three, four years old and they were all uh, Burn and Ordway era stuff. Right. And I remember getting off the, the, the shelf, the Supergirl saga. I was four, five years old. I remember, and I didn't know that they went in order. I was just getting whatever, if, pick one. Oh, okay, yeah. I like this cover. And I would kind of try to check to see how much Superman there was in the book. How many pictures of him? Because I couldn't read. I could just look at pictures of him. Yeah. So I would kind of model the way I would play with my toys off of what I saw. in the Like, this is where Superman lives. Superman lives in the comic book. I, In some way, I just knew that that's what counted. It's weird. I don't know why. How long was it before you saw the Christopher Reeve, any Christopher Reeve films? Oh, again, earliest memory. Yeah? yeah. Which one? The one I knew the most, like the the most, was part two and part four. I had them on a video cassette, and I just watch them again and again and again and again. Yeah, I used to watch two a lot. I watched. I, I kind of have most. this story though, where I'd say like, when I was a kid, I hated Superman. I don't think it's actually true. When I was a kid, I hated Superman so much that um, when we get to that fight in the city and it looks like they've beaten Superman, I'd turn it off. So that would be the ending that I wanted. And I think I just used to say that as a joke later on. I don't know why. It was in reference to something. I think it was I think it was like I pretended not to like that was it. I pretended not to like DC so that it gave people something to pick on. Because most other friends of mine would like sport. And if you like one team, that must mean you hate another team. Yeah. Right? That's how it goes. That's how it so goes. a friend of mine actually openly said, Who is it if you like Marvel, who is it you don't like then? There must be like an enemy. And I went, uh, DC, I guess, most people said, yeah. And he would basically just do DC-related stuff at me. He didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. He go, like, DC the best. Right? Oh, boo-hoo. And I'd go along with it just to, right, just right, to give right. them something to target. Right, I didn't right. care. You know? Right. I gave them an enemy for me that I really didn't care about, and I pretend to be upset about it. Um, but it kind of got to, it gets to the point, though, when this happens for years and years, that you start to buy into your own bullshit the and I kind of think of, that's what happened the power of I, belief right you have yeah. it, it, you can convince yourself to buy into something and believe it you really yeah. can um, I didn't like Marvel for no reason other than it wasn't DC DC are the first place where superheroes come from Superman and Batman are the first superheroes uh, Stanley is a hack because he oh, that's true you know, the X-Men isn't even that great of an idea. Like, I had all these reasons in my head. He's like, he didn't want to come up with origin stories, so he gave them all the same one. Like, that's convenient. You know, the Avengers is just, a, or the Fantastic Four is just a copycat of the Justice League. Like, he wouldn't have come up with those things. That that was my justification. Now, when, yeah. I, when I read through the Marvel Universe, I'm like, this is better. What do you think is better? In some ways, I think it's better, yeah, because the... Like you said, there's more of the, um, first of all, there's a big chunk of Superman that I don't care about. Like Mm pre-crisis, unless it's in one of those sort of like treasury edition books that they had back then, then I'm kind of like, yeah, that's cool. But 
I would never buy a 1970s Bronze Age Superman. They, they, the stories just don't mean anything in the sense they're beautifully drawn. Like I'm sure they're great because like Elliot, Elliot S. Magan, he okay there? I just bent my arm the wrong way around just to get this damn book out. Yeah, I but have stuff like that. I bought that yeah, and I was surprised because I don't like – I've tried so many comics from that era. Yeah. The, the mainstream characters – The only one for me is Batman that those stories or like the Green Lantern, Green Arrow stuff. Like it's that stuff that maybe if I ever read Swamp Thing and try that out because everyone, you know, Swamp Thing is the greatest of all time. Um, But the other characters, I, I don't, I'm not invested in. It's almost like they didn't know what they were. Like the people who were writing them were like, let's try this, I guess. It was only Batman that still got some good story out of him. Uh-huh. There was like a good, good runs from Len Wein, good artists on it. Steve Englehart's got good stuff. You got, um, I, I can't, it's not coming to my head, but there's eras of those things. Gene Colan and Marv Wolfman. And it's like, there's some stuff here. And these Denny guys, O'Neill. yeah, Denny O'Neill and, and Neil Adams. Exactly. Neil Adams, yeah. Like there's, there's chunks that are all worthwhile that you find in the animated series, but with Superman, Nah, I have no interest. But w- what I remember as a kid, watching him, you know, fight, uh, losing his powers against that that not well, I forget what the what the monster from. It's only two appearances that this monster from space comes in. He's got a psyot who's like his his mouth, and uh, like it's got a what? A, a psyot. I think that's what the character's name was. A psyot. It's in Adventures of Superman. Oh, it's got a – the name is at the tip of my tongue. It's going to bother me now. <sighs> One second. Let me let me grab my book. It's going to bother me. <laughs> this is so intriguing. Top That's 10%. All right. I can't um, – <clears throat> oh, I did think of a Superman story that was pre-crisis that's good. Okay. Um, and weirdly, see, there are no rules. Oh, God, the art in this isn't always – it's the the man who has everything oh yes yes of course but see those are things that are like wrapping that's supposed to be the last Superman story ever wasn't that the whatever happens to the man that's right that's right so I didn't I didn't like that that's I'm confusing it it's criminal because it's supposed to be one of the greatest Superman stories of all time if not the best I really didn't understand what the hype was not at all Hmm. Um, but the man who has everything, I thought was brilliant. Yes, that that is a classic. That's yeah. a great story, and they adapted it so well in the um, animated series. Did you ever I've see never that one? Seen it? No, we, we didn't get it here. Oh, okay. really? I think you had to have cable, Sky, whatever it is. Okay. Um, so I didn't see it. I've never, I've barely ever seen any episodes of the Justice League animated series. No, uh, was this? Yeah, this would have been a Justice League. That's right. I was gonna say no, it wasn't Justice League. No, but it was. Um, was it? Yeah, and it was adapted by uh, Demetrius, of course. Ah, well, there we go. Yeah, and it was just—it was a great, um, a difficult story to get right in twenty-one minutes, but he managed to do it, and it almost was wow. like, yeah, it was almost like he—he he might have done it better. Is oh, that sounds oh, wow. horrible to say. Okay. Yeah, because uh, he included Wonder Woman in it. 
Wonder Woman was oh, in the right. original story, right? Or it was Batman Robin? I don't remember. I thought it was Batman and Robin. Yes. Something to that effect. There was a change in it, but it was a good read it change. In a while. Yeah. I read it. Oh, I got like the DC Alan, DC Universe by Alan Moore book. I know. I think it was the only story in it that I liked. So I sold it, and I, I missed that story. So I want to somehow get it back. I want it in a collection, but not that collection. Dreadnought. I found it. This guy, Dreadnought. Remember this? What? The... I must. Yeah. Have... Which book is that? That's book four. Those were the so of the burn run. Yeah, so that I'm not going to put my arm back in there. No, I'll snap it off. No, yeah, volume four. But I I went to all that trouble just because you asked me about my about my yeah just to not jog my memory. But those those stories were the first things I ever remember like reading. Like when I learned to read, those were the first those were the comics I had tattered. And I just flipped through them and folded them and brought them everywhere with me. So now when I actually did learn to read and, and know how to follow and like, oh, this follows this and that follows that. And I reread them as an adult. I'm like, this is so much fun. But it also gave me like that overwhelming warmth of nostalgia. Like, oh. yeah. And then you start to, oh, this is John Byrne. Like the, John Byrne went from that. He's the guy who did all of that. X, and then he did, he was like, no wonder. I, I mean, I got good taste. Like, that's why I like the <laughs> Superman, right? You start justifying it. But I'll be honest. I love all of the exile stuff and the stuff that leads up to the death of Superman. It's just like, uh, it's fun, fun comics. I've not read. That's, that's the thing with it, though, isn't it? It's like it, it's almost like the idea of it for me. I, I, wa- I think I want to like it maybe more than I do this is still this part of me as I'm reading things like if you are rating things all the time I try not to think in my head I'm reading this to rate it I have to think like I'm just reading this but I'll give it a rating when I see how I feel at the end mm-hmm. but sometimes you do find yourself going is this well you're reading the issue is this a two no no it's stepped up to a, maybe a three two and a half <laughs> you know and you're like stop thinking about it and just read it and have fun with it and stop thinking about if it's critically good or whatever. Just see, how, just read it. And like, there's something about even Superman Blue stuff. I know it's like sacrilege because everyone hates it. But I was quite merrily reading it because it just—I don't know. There's something. There's something very comfort blankety about Superman comics. So it's not that it's the greatest or anything. It's not that it's like if I said to someone. If someone says to me, oh, what would you recommend? What would, you know, and I go, you've got to read this Superman story. I'm not sure I would ever say those words. No. But it's for me. I, I like, I like how it feels. It's, there's something reassuring about Superman comics. And it's part of it is the ideal. Part of it is just how it makes you feel. This is starting to rhyme. I'm going to have to think <laughs> of something that rhymes with rhyme. I kind of rhymed it with rhyme there. <laughs> yeah it i don't know it's i like it and I, I can't necessarily quantify it any more than that yeah and, and that's the same thing for me too like it, it'd be the they're the comfort comics for me and much like spider-man is yeah. and I'll, i i i've always tried since the crisis 
on Infinite Earths. Like it's that was such a monumental event for comic book fans. Eh? It's it's really like a then a, a BC and CE sort of thing in our minds <laughs> yeah. when it comes to DC. So yeah. wow, <laughs> how many? You know, one just likes it, right? That was really hard for me to follow. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. But the so BC AD for DC. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's that spell? <laughs> we started a new group. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that what everything that happened after in the eighties, the nineties, I've always tried to read a little bit of those eras just to see like what's happening with this character, even if I don't know it all like trivia like that guy, and like I'm not a perfectionist on it, but I'm I oh yeah I remember I checked in I had a couple of these you know I remember the fall of Metropolis era, you pick up little storylines yeah there was it was what always was that? that was um after the return of Superman. It was like ninety five, right? Like yeah, that. I've never. My, I jumped from the end of there, and I don't think I read anymore. Yeah, I for me they're like it, it's like when you're reading the Falco and Friends Thor, or when you're reading, um, you know, we've been talking. I'm I'm referencing these because we've been talking about them, like Gruenwald Cap. Like you don't just jump in; it's kind of hard to jump in. You gotta hang out with this character. Yeah. That's the only way you're gonna really appreciate it. Like you, you can jump in at a major event. But it it, there's, it means more when you've been around Cat Grant and oh that's her son. So they'll yeah. so, see for you that like you're, you're reading like these characters are kind of strange. But for me, I'm just like that's that's who's in his life. They're weird. It's Metropolis. Because yeah. they've got that weird zone outside. That could be. I'm not even going to go into that because that's probably a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, I think that's the the thing with the with the event stuff, and it's something that people really focus on. Like, what are the biggest, the best events in Marvel? But for me, the best times are after the events. Yeah, they should when be. the characters deal with all the stuff that happened, or before the events when we're dealing with everyone everyone's stuff and it's their personal life, and it's almost like the lull before the storm, and that's when you find out who those characters are. But but DC haven't collected collected enough. Um, I mean, there's some fair chunks in trade paperback form, but they haven't collected enough of those chunks. They keep re-releasing Death of Superman. Like, great. But he's not really in it that much. Like, I want to see stuff that he's in because he's the character. So, and, and when you think as well, like, like I mean, I know for Batman it was a little bit different apart from when there were big events, but you could mostly read Detective for a good while and not read anything else. Unless it was like a crossover thing or That's a period it. where they're tight. But with Superman, you kind of had to read the four titles. And now, that's a case of going back and finding what those titles are, figuring out what the order is. It was a lot. And I, I do that with Marvel as it is. I haven't got time to do it with everybody. So the cool if they thing was, Omnibus, yeah. it's done for me. Yeah. The cool thing was back then, because they had them going through four titles, they had this the triangle. You know, the, yes. the triangle area. Yeah, that's true. And that was a lot of fun to see what you had and what you were missing. Uh, um, but yeah. Does that include miniseries stuff or just the main four? I think the main four. four. Yeah, just the main four. But it was uh, – even when they got to that – because before you you were always going through the, each issue. Like you had a couple things happening in Superman and then that you had to check in with Action Comics to see what was going on there, which were sometimes more like team-up stories. Uh, and then you had Adventures, which was really establishing the city, the office, Clark Kent's world, with, okay. with a little bit more of um, 
he still had adventures in it, pun no pun intended, but it was more him being a reporter. Right. I was trying to figure that out because, of course, I was Spider-Man. It was defined. Well, it's easier to read anything like that when it's defined and you're reading separate individual comics. Right. But if you're reading a collected edition and sometimes DC do this thing where they don't... Why am I talking like this? Where they they don't tell you what issue it is or what what comic it is even. And it's just, here's the cover-up. Carry on. They're kind of like, but for what? What issue is this? So you don't really kind of get that definition as to what the purpose of each title was. Mm-hmm. You know? Which was like, I think I kind of had it in my head from Spider-Man because I was reading it at the time. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't... So you had, and it was easy as well. She had Marvel Team Up, which was a team up book. So that's the team up book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing Jermaine kind of yep. main thing. Spectaculars and that. <laughs> Web of Spider Man, no one knows what to do with it. There you go, that's your four. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it you you realize like it's all about finding ways to get I mean, I, I don't know why money wise, if it made sense for them to have that many things for people to buy, because it just confused me. When I was little, I was just confused. I didn't get it. And that's what... Oh, by the multiple titles? Yeah. It, it was kind of frustrating because I was when I was young, if I had money to buy a comic, I could buy one, two. So I had to... Yeah. I would realize, I'm like, I don't want one that continues. Like whenever it says continued in issue four, like I'm not going to find issue 467. Uh-huh. Is there one that just says end? I would always pick the one that said <laughs> end because at least I knew it was a complete story. I'm serious, right? <laughs> I'm not surprised. My mate did this. I think I mentioned this a few times in the past, but like it's, I didn't, I almost didn't understand. So he managed to, he was buying X-Men from number one up to 11, 13, sorry. And then he went, it says like, it's Executioner's song is coming up and I've got to, what's what's happening? And I went, oh, it's a crossover. So basically he had to get Uncanny X-Men, um, and X-Factor and then it will come back to your next issue of X-Men and then there's X-Force and then you have to get Unc- and he went no I'm out yeah. I just, I, I'm only going to buy one series I only want to buy one series and it's this and the artist's gone and now I've got to buy four comics <laughs> uh, no no I'm, no and that's why I didn't want to read so many people that did that or that, do that that's why I didn't read any of the Hickman X-Men stuff what? all of these titles you have to read them all and they're collected in each issue at a time trades. Like they did it yeah. all the issue ones. And then all like, they did, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. Tell me what's worthwhile when it's collected. I'll, you know, peek in and see if it's worth. And then I heard X of Swords was mediocre. It was pretty. I'm like, forget it. It was all hype in my yeah. head. And I yeah. can't, it's, it, I haven't read it, but I just got the vibe of like, I don't know if it's as good as people anticipated. Like they thought it was going to be Fantastic Four level. And maybe for some it was, but I haven't heard any rumblings since where it's like, this Hickman X-Men is the one. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard that much. It's all very generic Krakoa era stuff, um, which is fine if people do love it. Great. Good on you. Um, I tried it. Didn't inhale. Um, It didn't work for me. Not at all. But then, weirdly, when I think back to before when I was reading everything, I would have quite happily gone, oh, I've got to buy eight titles now, okay. And I did, you know, and now I've got to figure out what order they go in. Oh, brilliant, I love that. But looking at it 
having dropped everything and thinking, okay, I might pick up this whole Hickman era thing. And then it's, so now I've got to buy what? No. And it's just so weird because, I mean, that was part of the thing that did draw me in in the first place. Now I'm looking at it going, this is a stupid way to sell comics. <laughs> like, yeah. That's why I prefer an indie title. Yeah. And and you want to you wanna feel like the satisfaction at the end of the read will yeah. be something like, okay, either I want something that will tie this up for me in a way. There's that side. I, I, I think as much as we don't want things to end, humans appreciate like, ah, that was a good ending. Yeah. I think we just want a good ending. And that's why we, yeah. we're always afraid of our own like existence ending because like, I just want it to be good. Like, you, you want it to mean something, right? Yeah. You don't want it. You don't want it to be stupid. Like, really? That's the end. You I don't know, know. Right? I don't know. Maybe. I'd be quite happy if my ending was quite stupid, because at least people could laugh about it. That's true, but let's make it a good stupid. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. Like he he always wanted to go skydiving. Finally did it, and his parachute worked, but. He split, like, I don't know, something stupid, like something completely dumb. Note to self, never go skydiving again. Have you been? Yeah. Really? Yeah. How was it? I can't describe how many times how have you gone? it is. Well, weirdly, um, this, might, this might end up being a two episode at this rate. The, so basically, it, I, it was something I needed to do. It was for a charity that meant a, a lot to me so and it, it came up and said this is the charity you're doing it for you can skydive we'll teach you how to skydive and i went this is a sign i'm doing it so i did a day's training at some military barracks the guy training me hated my guts he hated me um openly hated me he got like the guy with the nails because i had black nail varnish a lot at that period of time and occasionally went um eyeliner you know, ex pseudo goth kind of get over it. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm painting my nails. So, yeah, he just got the nails guy. And he started shouting at me at one point. He's having a right go at me because <sighs> I couldn't get the landing bit right. <laughs> and he was like, you've got to get this right. And kind of like, stop shouting at me. And then, like, military people aren't used to people shouting back because they're in charge. So yeah. I just fucking let loose at this guy. And we weren't really talking to each other. And this is a guy that's training me to jump out of a plane. And it was a multiple choice test <laughs> at the end. And I thought, I'd learn nothing. I'm going to do the multiple choice test. I doubt I'll pass. But if I do pass, I'm going to just do it. So I passed. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I guess I'm going to do it. What do I do? What's the bit with the where you check your altitude? Oh, fuck it. I'll figure it out when I'm up there. <laughs> I literally had that whole attitude to it. It was oh, nuts. Me. So I went in the plane and we flew up there and then a few people managed to jump and then they went, it's too cloudy. It's just too cloudy for your first jump. We're going to have to land. So we'll do it another time. I'm like, okay. So we land, I get out. And a couple of weeks later, I go back up there. I do a 25-minute refresher. Oh, whoa. <laughs> and Safe, I sat good there safety and out there. Yeah, <laughs> it's great, right? Oh, um, and then I waited to go on the plane, and they went, no, it's the, like we started to get really rainy, weather's too bad, you can't do it. And this was a solo jump I was going to do. Well, you so, weren't even going to go with someone, like... No, I was going to do a solo jump. Wow, when was this? Then, what Like, what year? Uh, 
um, nearly 20 years ago. God, I was in my late 20s, so yeah, it was nearly 20 years ago. It was about, I was about 28, so it was about 2006, 2007. So in 2006, you're still rocking the nail polish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, did a, I had a mohawk not long after that, like pillarbox red mohawk with <laughs> nail varnish. Yeah, I was a loser. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I went back the third time <laughs> and I, I just basically went, something is telling me not to do this this way. So we're like, I'm gonna, I'll do tandem. And they went, okay. So the weather should be fine. Whatever happens, you go with someone. So we, the likelihood is you'll jump today. Like, okay. And how much do you weigh? And I tell them. And then they go, you're assigned to this person. Go and go to this person, to this area. You'll meet this person. Stuff. No. <laughs> yeah. And he literally just went, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that's a good, that's a good story. I didn't. It was so stupid of me to start a story with like if you skydive, but I'm so happy I did because that's a good story. Keep going. <laughs> was, I, I, I didn't react with any particular joy either when I saw this guy. <laughs> so he straps himself onto me and he went, yeah, you weigh more than this. Like, you want to fucking call me fat when we're about to jump out of a plane? <laughs> I hate you. So we get in the plane. And we're sat on the edge. And he goes, you can hear him behind, ready to skydive, ready to skydive. And we drop, right? And I held, I, we spun like crazy. It was just this constant spin. You can't see what's going on. Because um, they teach you in the in the refresher, I had to do another refresher that day because I'm doing a tandem thing, so it's like different as well. But it's all the other bits you've got to remember. But you don't have to remember as much because someone else is doing it for you. So, yeah, um, you have to hold your feet in a certain particular way. It's almost like a fin. So you bend your knees and keep your feet pretty straight. And then he, I think that's how it, it was a while ago. And then you can spin if you want. And I'm like, okay, so we've spin it. And it's like, this is mental. We're literally falling through the sky to our imminent deaths. Um, and then he stops the spin. And then I, we fell through a cloud. So I was in a cloud for a while. I've been in a cloud. That's <laughs> wild. I wanted to take some home, but you can't, um, it doesn't feel of anything. Like I thought it'd be like, uh, we, we call it candy floss. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to take a cloud home, but no, no, should have brought a little bag maybe. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we're perfectly, you know, falling really well. And he's going like, look around you, look around. And I was just looking like, you can see, it's not like being in a plane where you look through this tiny yeah, portal. Yeah. 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 You can see for miles. Like, it's it's insane. I can see this country. It's nuts. And then he went, right, I'm going to pull the chute. Um, and he's, I think he goes to the structure how to hold my nose and I balls it up and my ears pop. But then he basically, he said, like, take the, take, the chute was open. We, we were alive. Because um, I give you, there's a backup chute. You're like, why should there be a backup? There shouldn't need to be a backup chute, all right? Just, just make the first one good. But anyway, it's open, we're falling, and then he gives me the handles. He went, you can steer us around, but aim for the for the green area below us, not the brown. I'm colorblind. <sighs> the story gets better and better. <laughs> so luckily, luckily he took, I'm aiming for it, and he's going, no, more to the left, more to the right. I'm like, oh, I don't want to say while we're in the air, I'm colorblind, because <laughs> you can't really hear that well. Yeah. Um, but he took it back anyway. 
we land. It's a great landing as well. Some people really fall. Some people will actually sprain an ankle or break it, break an ankle, whatever. And we fell. And he went. He unhooked me. And he went, "What do you What do you think?" And he's like, "We did it." It's like, and we hug. <laughs> so the, like, we started hugging <laughs> each other's guts, and then we both basically survived death, and we've hugged. And it's like, this is a just an. An impossible moment. It's just something that you know, no one, no one's going to understand it unless they've done it. Because it just, it's impossible to explain. You're falling through the sky with nothing holding you. It's like, it's really ridiculously freeing. You know, terrifying in its own way. If you just, but if you lose that fear, just forget that fear. It could, it crosses your mind, of course. But in my mind, I was going, this could go hard. This could be it. But, like, what an amazing experience this is. And then we we land. What was really weird, though, is what I, um, I got home. I was driven home. I, was, I had to move back with my parents around that time. And I was dropped off. I walk in, and I just went, all right. <laughs> and they went, they went, hello. I, um, I just fell out of a plane. <laughs> and they went, oh, yeah, was it all right? Like, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. <laughs> and my brother-in-law was there, and he literally just said, he's the only one who ch- chipped in. He went, I heard a um, I heard a, a, a bungee jump's most exp- exhilarating experience you can have, like more than a, more than a parachute jump. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It sounds like an episode of Afterlife. Have you ever seen Afterlife with Ricky No, Gervais? I haven't. Uh, do you like Ricky Gervais? No. Okay. <laughs> My wife loves Ricky Gervais, but um, it sounds like a scene out of The Office. Like it, that, that's hilarious. It was uh, ridiculous. I just felt like it was Brit. It was very British. It was like the whole. Everything about yeah. that is perfect. That is a great story. <laughs> Thank you. Did you in that moment? Did any comic book stuff come into your head? Like, is this what it's like to fly? Yeah. I didn't necessarily feel like a particular character, but that is it. That's the dream, right? You feel like you're flying. You feel like this is what is probably probably like a Superman moment. Bear in mind, I was very strictly Marvel at that time, but this is it because it doesn't feel like you're falling. It doesn't feel like you're going down. It just feels like you're in the sky and it's moving around. You could be flying. That's great. It's incredible. I'm terrified of heights, but I've I've always me too. Yeah, and um, when we went to Mexico a few years ago, there was a the, I, did I tell you this is like my wife jumped off of this very short cliff, and I wanted I was the one who wanted to do it. So we went to this park where it's like an amusement park for the day. You get food there, drinks, everything, but you can snorkel as much as you like. It's like this little I don't know how you would describe it, but it's kind of like an amusement park, but very natural. Like you go swimming with the dolphins, manatees are there, all kinds of stuff, right? So they have a lazy river. You ride your bike through the, the forest and you get to the, the top of the thing and you just go down a lazy river stream and it's all just natural stuff around you. What's a lazy river? Oh, it's like a, at an amusement park, you'd get like an inner tube and you yeah. just, it would just you just sit on the inner tube in the stream. Oh, I see. It. Yeah. So this yeah. was like a real... This was like just a real body of water, like a lagoon sort of thing. 
Yeah. Okay, so we get to a point where if you want to, you can pull off and there's like a little cliff that people are, you know, climbing up a rope or like jumping off of and getting a photo or whatever. And I said, we got to do it. I got I to gotta jump off the cliff. I could do that. That's not that high. And she's like, okay, go for it. I'll be down here. I'll take your picture. I'm like, definitely. So you go across this little bridge and I'm just waddling along, getting to the spot. And I get to the little rope where, you know, someone jumps and they put the rope there. And then they just yeah. close. I'm like, okay, go ahead. And then I get to the edge. I don't just run and jump. I just get to the edge. I'm like, oh, like my knees start to buckle. And I just like, I have my, I have my life jacket on because I, you know, I'm, I'm terrified. I yeah. suddenly just like on the verge of shitting myself. And I just look <laughs> over and they're like, just go. It's fine. And then I said, no, no, no. Okay, you, you go first. I'm thinking about it. And then it's just like the little kid, seven years old. Like nothing. <laughs> And then at the park right behind me, right, these two guys in Speedos, they're, they're a couple. And they're like, you ready, honey? I, are you scared? I'm not scared. Are you scared? They're just, woo. And I'm just like, like everybody is going but yeah. me because I'm a chicken shit. No, and it's, then I go. It's perfectly I, natural to be I, afraid of falling from a great height. It's not that. This is the thing. It wasn't even that high. My wife but came up after. I, think I said, that's worse "Maybe when it's not that high." But I work. This is the thing. I work on ladders. I've been on the edge of buildings for work. And don't get me wrong. My heart pumps, and and I get you know. But on a ladder, like I've walked with a ladder, eight foot ladder, moved it across the room because I didn't. I was too lazy to get down and move it. I've done such stupid really? things that yeah, yeah, I've done such stupid things at heights. Right now, here I am at this maybe two-story, three-story maximum height of a cliff, and going into water. Like, and my wife did it for a shot. She's like, she she was nervous. I'm like, well, if it's not so hard, and you do it, she's, and she did it for a shot. I'm like, shit, I'm do it. Yeah, yeah, I went and I did it. Wow, you did. I did. I did it twice after. Like once I got over it, I was fine. But long story short, I've always wanted to skydive. But I'm terrified. But it's different. I mean, the thing is, if you're... I did this thing recently, which was in this kid's play, like, bouncing around... What do you call this thing? Yeah, bouncy castle. It's like trampolines yeah, yeah, and yeah. all sorts there. But you, there's one thing where you jump off a height and you land in one of those big air-filled bags, right? That I think stunt people use, that kind of thing. Um, and I jumped out of a plane... But I did this jump, and it's literally probably like second floor of a building. With that's all it is. And I, I, I ran, and as I left the, the kind of walkway, everything changed. I was just racked with fear, and was just and literally just shouted out, "I don't want to die!" And and then I landed, and and then I saw Misha, but my wife, like I got out of there, and she said, "What did you just shout?" And I, I went, "I shouted, I don't want to do this anymore." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's because it's like I, I think in my mind by jumping out of a plane was if it went horribly wrong I'd be too exploded to know what happened uh, right 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 does that make you feel better no probably not I get it no I get it I, I totally get it yeah just I think there's nothing like I want to feel I want to get to as close of what scares me the most and just conquer it uh-huh. And I feel like that's the ultimate, like if you skydive and that's, it's not the same because you have this thing that's going to protect you. And if you go in tandem, there's a professional with a backup shoot and all that, right? Like 
pretty, yeah. you don't hear often of anybody anything going wrong. No, it's, it's rare. Right? It's probably more risky, risky going in a car. Exactly. So it's but it, when you're doing something that is dangerous like those guys who do the those nutcases who went across the twin towers with the cable oh, the what cable yeah. yeah like that to me like what are you like that's, no. that uh, why oh uh, it makes me clench i can't uh, even look at it or the free climbers those people who do just do free climbing and it's like if something goes wrong they die like oh uh, mm-hmm. just the thought of it Makes me mm-hmm. like makes my stomach turn, right? But meanwhile, m- you know, my favorite thing is Spider Man and these characters <laughs> who just. Whoosh. I think that's the thing, though. It's like when you once you left the plane, yeah. it's tough shit. Yeah, you yeah. might as well just feel the best you can feel from it. I kind of like that you know? though. I think that's an important lesson because that's life. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it, I mean, the things like I've done, not, crazy, not like many crazy things, but like I've been on the back of a motorbike. I was going out with this girl and she had this amazing Harley. That's wicked. Um, it was really cool. Um, she was really kind of quiet and demure as she had this just killer bike. And then we're on the motorway and she just went, she patted me and she went, I'm going to open it up. I'm like, what? <laughs> she goes, hold on. And we did 100 down the motorway. I'm wearing a helmet, ripped jeans, and just some shitty jacket. A hundred miles per hour or kilometers? A hundred miles per hour. I don't know what that is. Do you do, we do kilometers. kilometers per hour? We do kilometers, yeah. A hundred's fast. A yeah. hundred is fast. Yeah, it's very fast. It, it, it basically, <laughs> it, it, while it was happening, it just made me, I had this maniacal grin on my face because I'm thinking like, I literally crossed my mind. Went like, we could die at any minute if it just loses it for a moment. Like, I'd be torn to shreds. It would be the end. This is. I love that feeling. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I just. But I don't think I've been like that since. I was listening. I was listening to a conversation. I forgot between the two people it was with. It was on the Joe Rogan Experience, so I'll, I'll give it credit for that. But it was about people who go I think he was talking to somebody who was a veteran but that feeling that you get when you go into battle or even into theater they call it right like we're not in battle but we're here we're ready and life is on the line all the time like that threat is really really close and they said that a lot of times the people who like just psychologically there's that study where you enjoy life even more when you're living on that edge because the moments are precious. Yeah. Getting to that meal, finding that body of water, uh, escaping from that predator or capturing your prey in order for you to live. You're, yeah. It's like you're so alive when you're so much more threatened. Like that rush, there's nothing like that it. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. I think weirdly, I won't, I won't go into the details of it, but like weirdly before then I'd had a really tricky time with things. And it was, I wasn't necessarily in the best spot. So I think there was a part of me that was just like, you know, at this point, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to do it. Nihilistic. And you do. And it is, the thrill of it is that thing that kind of makes you feel kind of more alive, you know? And it makes you, it it makes you, gives you something to fight for after. It's like, I like being alive. Alive is fun. 
it, 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 it sort of teaches you that it's you know hang about because actually hang about because you, you're not hang about that sounds really dark but um <laughs> you could do more shit like this <laughs> yeah 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 there's something there's something good about this thing it's it's yeah. often it's often like uh, you hear people say this thing like you know I grew up and I was a pretty much a, ca- a, a anti-capitalist almost communist person everyone and then they got to into the 30s and they start to get successful and make a little money they're like oh this there's you know there's some usefulness to this thing like this is kind of nice <laughs> that's when people change who they vote for exactly so they want to hold that yeah and it makes complete sense why yeah. and and it was um. I think it was Jim Jeffries. You know Jim Jeffries, the comedian? He's Australian. Comedian. Yes. Yeah. He he was talking about the millennials. He goes, you know, millennials, I just want you to know, you're the worst people who have ever lived <laughs> thus far. And <laughs> well, he made a joke, but there was truth in it saying, you know, you always are so complimentary to yourselves of being the most progressive that I've ever been alive. He goes, yeah. but... The last generation before you, guess what? They were the most progressive. And the one before them, they were like everyone who came before you was. And one yeah. day you'll be the bigot. One day you'll totally. be the one who will, you know, be sitting in your house that you are happy to own, looking at stuff going on. I mean, well, I don't know about this sort of thing that they're doing. It, it was a perfect joke because it's like, yeah, that that's all that's happening. Yeah. We're expecting people to keep up with things that they're of an age and a generation where, what do you expect them to feel? Well, if you've got nothing, you have nothing to lose. Yeah. That's kind of it, really, isn't it? And, and you kind of have that. It's not necessarily naivety. I think it's... It's experience. It's, it's experience. But also, I, I think, you know, if you've got that will to maintain that, then great. And some people will do. You know, they will. Um, I kind of envy that sometimes. Like I do kind of feel like I've got so much stuff and it does control my life. You know, I've got tons and tons of books in here and a lot of decisions I make are based on the fact that I have tons and tons of books. And also then because I have kids and that will change how I act and all these just want to protect everything. That makes sense. Yeah. Whereas like when you're younger and you don't have an awful lot of stuff and you don't necessarily have a a job that you've worked your way up through and you know, got nothing to care about and it's great. Yeah. And there is that, that natural finding yourself rebellion, right? Like yeah. We went from reading comic books to, I went from, from liking that sort of thing. And I always kind of like pro wrestling, but hip hop, like I went like, I need, I need something that will mark this. Like I'm rebelling. I'm uh-huh. not supposed to listen to this, but you're going to buy it for me because <laughs> You know, that that's your attitude. It's like, I'm my own person now. Yeah. And and then, you know, I, I like all the things I've always liked since I was a kid. But, um, yeah, I mean, the books, though, they're who we are. They we are. enjoy them. They're not just trophies. You're not putting them on display to look at what I got. They're, I go in here and I look at what is there to read. Like, where do I want to travel to? That's how I see it. Yeah. What What world, what kind of day do I want to have? Do I want it that's to, it, you know? That's an interesting idea, actually, just where do I want to travel to? Because I kind of feel like that has been my outlook on the whole thing as well. Yeah. I, um, I haven't traveled to many places. I literally haven't been many places on the planet. Okay. I don't really like it. I it's not like, I know, that's not true. I don't have the urge. I don't have that itch. I'm not curious enough. I don't necessarily care enough. 
I kind of feel like holidays are a tease because you go somewhere and if you do really like it, you still got to go home. Huh. Um, and that's, that sucks. But I don't know. There's not really been anywhere I've desperately wanted to go. Weirdly, the one place that was was Canada. I'm not just saying that. Um, and I still haven't been Um, but for me people would say to me well why don't you know just just go on holiday like the alcohol's cheaper over wherever it is that's but if I didn't pay for the plane I could afford more booze that's not a reason but I'll be thinking as well like well I want to make sure I can buy my comics every month I don't want to spend that money on plane ticket and a hotel and stuff i want to make sure i can buy my stuff and then i can go to all these amazing places that don't exist because you can't top that you can't top a fantasy in many ways yeah you probably can but it feels that way sometimes because like the real world can be a pretty nasty place sometimes (laughs) where instead you can go to something that you can control and it's 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 beyond a fantasy where it's like i think yeah, going to a place for a bit and go, oh, this is nice. It's nice. All that museum was nice. It's, but it is still just a bit of a tease. Whereas with this, I can, my mind is transported. I'm, I'm a cerebral person. I can't help it. I prefer that. I like that escapism. It makes me feel good. And I can choose Metropolis one day and the Cree Empire another day. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. No, in the I, same, no, actually, not another day. The same damn day. I can do it half an hour later. Yeah, no, I, I, I that's why people be like, well, why don't you next time, like, do you ever think about reading a real book? And I said, <laughs> thank, thank oh, you. Oh, that'd be a graphic novel. Yeah. And I said, that's what I tell them. I go, well, it's a graphic novel. If you look at <laughs> Watchmen is rated on the 100 best novels of all time, I'll tell you. <laughs> but I, I say... I like the fact that I can be in and out of so many stories, right? When you read a book and it's just maybe my ADD, I don't really have it, but it's like that sort of like, ah, I'm getting bored. I want, like, I want to finish this and I want to get to here. And I like that. I have that in me a little bit. Yeah. Just because, but with comics, it's like, oh, I read 50 issues of Preacher. Now I'm going to go and read 50 issues of the JSA. Like I'm yeah. all these different places and I don't remember a lot of it, but I feel like I've been through it. Yeah. Which is the, like that's, but I also have the itch to travel. So when I go to like the, when we were in Italy in Rome, so we got to go to the Pantheon. My wife was like, okay, like what, like why, why do you want to go there so much? I'm like, it's the original hall of justice. <laughs> like that's how I saw it. Like, like Yeah. And I go, you know, it's, it was designed for the sun to come in like this. And they had this. And now it's all Catholic stuff that's in there. Right. But I'm like, this would have been the spot. And you read as you read where the monuments are, I'm like, I transport myself like I'm in a comic book, right? Like, this is where the they would have their council. And then it switched. they switched gods. And then, the you know, whatever, however you tell the story in your head of history. Like, I, I like seeing it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, well, when nice you, looking at it. Yeah, like you and I and I kind of when I travel, I mean it, it's make a movie in your head, right? Like put yourself yeah. like that's that's what makes it fun. I actually look forward to going home. Do you? I do. Even before I go on the trip, as as, as excited I am to get to where I'm going, I'm like I can't wait to go there and I can't wait to come back. Oh. Because I like my house. I like my home. This is home. Yeah. 
and I and I'm so connected. I I'm almost like me and my wife sometimes joke that we could be like the grandparents in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like we could just stay in bed all day. <laughs> not not with another couple in the same bed. That's a, no, that, that bit freaked me out. Yeah, that that I said. I go. I don't know why they were like how close of a family they were because usually you hate the other family like a little bit. It's you know tradition. What? Yeah, it's like. You might like them, but you don't. Time. Yeah, it doesn't matter how how big our castles get in this country. We always put the grandparents in the same bed. <laughs> That's how we do it. Oh man! So before we wrap up, what's your favorite Superman story? Oh, do you know what? I had a weird feeling. Even <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to ask me this. Really? And you're yeah. not ready? Shame on you! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um. There isn't a right or wrong answer. No, I just don't know. I don't know if I have. I think I think I'm still trying to find it, which is weird because I think a lot of other characters I would have gone. I have one, and that's what made me like that character. And that's what's weird about Superman, and part of the reason why I want that run and I want to read it all. Is I want to find that story that really sticks with me. But it's just such a backward way of doing it. But for some reason, Superman's different. If I had to read one, pull one off the shelf, it would... I don't know. I do want to reread the Burn run because I haven't completely read all of it. I didn't read all the issues that weren't by Burn. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. It's not my favourite, but that's the... I don't know. I'm still trying to find it. I'm still trying to find my favourite Superman story. Yeah. That's the honest answer. I feel in my complete bias and uh, rose-colored glasses, I feel like that post-crisis Superman run is one of the most underrated eras in comics. For a consistent, like, a character goes through something and has, like, a, a world built, he gets into a relationship, he leaves the planet. Like, it really builds the character of who Superman is now. Yeah. And if people don't like it, I get it. But for me, like... When they got rid of that, that's my disappointment with the New 52. I was like, there's so much groundwork you laid with this character. I'm not saying that everything has been stellar. He doesn't have the catalog of Batman where it's like, oh, the best comics are from Batman. But you want to know what? There's some fun stuff here. And there's a lot of key characters that come from Superman. Just just in the reign of Superman, like the cyborg. Like That's a serious villain. Doomsday is a serious villain. What's that syndicate of villains? It's like the Superman Death Squad or the the Revenge Squad. The Revenge Squad. Yeah, it just—it's so cheesy, but it really appeals to me. Yeah, I love that's, it. That's the thing with these things—is it's—it's not even necessarily the best thing, but I don't know. I think it's a very—I think it scratches that itch. Superman scratches that comic fan itch. Exactly. It's the mainstream. It's the most, you know. It's, it's what people think superhero stories should be, even if it's not the best. It feels good. It's, I'm going to sneeze. Uh, there <laughs> it is. <laughs> sorry, I should have muted. I'm really That's sorry. That's okay. That's okay. I, I muted it for you. Oh, thank you. Jeez, that was I an said, exploder. there it is. Yeah. Um, <sighs> did, you, did you ever, have you read Birthright from Mark Waid? No, but Birthright is coming out this year in deluxe format. Oh, that's a, that's so a nice, that's a nice I'm book. I'm getting that. Yeah, that's a nice book. Yeah. I want to reread Secret Identity because that was, that, that was a good, good one, one, but I wasn't in the right headspace. Yeah. 
for Superman. Did you read the John stuff? The stuff that he did with uh, Hubert and Gary Frank, the Legion of Superheroes, that leads into the Brainiac? Not yet. That's part of my read-through in order. Some, a lot of the Superman stories I have read are criminally the New 52 ones. And and that's when I was thinking what was going through my head earlier, I think, was the crypto story. And then some of the rebirth stuff. I couldn't think of particular, particular a particular story that stood out for me from rebirth. Yeah. And, I, and I'm a big sucker for the Superman-Batman series. I know some people are like, meh, they're all right. I love those books. I do. I love I, them. I got the two on these. I'm, I haven't touched them because I'm still working through. But I really wanted them. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I did. I just, something about it appeals to me. I think it's that classic feel. It's, it's the, they are the original characters, the original comic characters. Um they're, they're, they're the granddaddies of superheroes. Yeah. And if you've been a Superman, <laughs> superhero fan, even though I don't like the term superhero, I think it's it needs to be retired. Um, no graphic novel, whole... no superhero. What are we going to call any of these things? <laughs> well, You're the a thing, comic I mean, book guy. <laughs> superhero suggests someone is all good. It's very black and white it's very binary it's just like they are the good person this is the bad person and the best you've got Thanos right behind you even though he's seen as a super villain or a bad guy he's more complicated than that so that's why I'm not I generally don't tend to call them heroes and villains because it's not that simple and they're like the Punisher what's he is he a hero the people don't know he's an anti-hero I'll shut up it's too just he's the Punisher it's the Punisher just read this damn story. <laughs> but 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 I will say Superman is a superhero. If there's one super, superhero, if you're going to pick a, what a superhero is, he's, yeah. Superman is that. I think for Marvel, Spider Man is a superhero. Captain America is a superhero. Batman yeah, isn't yeah. a superhero. No, not in the same. No, no, you're he right. He has no powers. He's, I mean, and there's that darker edge. He's not a superhero. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it goes along also with the iconography and um, of of Superman. And just the idea of it, like you said, I got I J.M. DeMatteis made an interesting breakdown of of Superman. I forgot how he put it, but I feel like listening to it now because it was very. It, he kind of did in the same way that Mickey Mouse is in the cultural zeitgeist. Superman is too, and and he made this sort of thing of how it just goes along with how we see superheroes, and the representation of what it is. It's like it's this living thing now. Like it's so potent in in our culture that it's just that the way that we all know it collectively. Like it, I think Grant Morrison has a similar way of looking at stuff. Like just the fact that we all are connected to an idea, like makes it exist somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's big into that idea. I need to read his some um, Super Gods book because it really plays into it. Apparently, but I haven't read it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's an interesting. It's it, yeah. It, it's 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 fed into our consciousness it's everywhere and even if we don't know who because that's superman's a big part of my life i didn't really know the character until the last six years which is crazy yeah but it's it's a huge part of 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 a a global culture and you know for me like when i wear the superman t-shirt it isn't just to say i like superman for me, it's also the symbol of comic book culture. Yeah. Like if I'm yeah. looking for, if I had a, a, a comic book shop, I put a Superman symbol out there somehow. Like you'll find it. You'll find what you're looking for here. 
You know, in my oh. head, that's how I communicate it. I was devastated the other day when I found out the Superman t-shirt I've actually owned for a long time because I bought it as a joke because I hated, I was the guy who hated Superman. Like I'm wearing this as an ironic statement. And then it became a t-shirt that I loved because I loved Superman. Um, but it's too small. It shrunk ah. and I'm devastated. So I literally just like, if I, if I lose a t-shirt now, I go, that was its time to deal with it. And I'm a t-shirt guy. I love t-shirts, but I'm thinking like, nope, I need to buy a new Superman shirt. I need to buy... I'm probably going to get a Bizarro one. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be fitting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just... I, it's so funny because every time I see you rate a Superman story, you're like, really, this is good? I guess. Like, Superman for all seasons, you weren't huge on. But you did like no. Kryptonite from Darwin Cook. I did. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm... I look forward to seeing you read because you're going to... You, the way you're going through it, it's very interesting in the chunks and the and the way you go through the timeline. So I'm I'm interested to see how you enjoy stuff and what speaks to you. This year will be I am going to get to it. I'm going to get to the the city of tomorrow storyline and that that kind of era. I don't know if that means anything. That's what they called it in the collected editions. It's two yeah. really chunky. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it'll start to hit the president Joker story emperor joker no, yeah president emperor joker and yeah. president luther that was it um i'm really really excited to get to those books there's a part of me just going i want to kind of shovel the batman shit out of the way and just, just get to the superman stuff and maybe i need to not be so strict with myself in terms of making it continue you know reading it in order but we'll, we'll see but yeah. that's the plan that's what i'm going for this year and i'm really really excited to do it and they could be terrible but i don't care yeah <laughs> yeah I hope you enjoy something from Superman. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> but it's hard to let them go. It, it is. It's, I always want, it's like my Spider-Man collections. Like I just want them. I want to know that I can read them if they're like they're an option. Yeah. yeah. All right, Dave. Thank you. You have yourself a good night and I know you're traveling cross country tomorrow. So you be safe. Yeah. Thank and, you. And have a good time. I do. All right, dude. You too, dude. Thank you everybody for listening. This is another comic speakeasy where we end up talking about skydiving. Which is some of the best stuff, right? It's just an app. Yeah, that was a great story. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Follow Marvel Comic Guide, Winchester, Meet Cleaver, Comic Reviews, and Cave of Solitude. We will be back soon with some type of top five. We got to come up with one now. Inevitably. Yeah. All right, everybody, take care. Bye.